This week has been eventful for many reasons, one of them being the appearance of a supermoon. So I took out my camera and spent many frustrated minutes trying to capture the beauty of this moon by changing all these settings without success. The photos of my camera did not reflect the reality of what I was seeing through the lens of the camera. Although I'm still getting to know many of you here today, I'm sure that there is a part of each of us that cannot fully capture the reality of Jesus accurately in our lives. We can try though by asking a question that a friend and a colleague in ministry taught me many years ago. Friends, what is your picture of Jesus? Is it gentle Jesus, meek and mild? Or perhaps Jesus throwing over the temple tables? Or maybe he's the miracle worker or the suffering servant on a cross. Or maybe Jesus is your rabbi and friend. Or maybe he's the good shepherd taking care of you. Or maybe Jesus is the healer. Or maybe he's... Friends, what is your picture of Jesus? How we answer this shapes how we live. Simon the leper is throwing a dinner party to honor Jesus. His disciples are all invited to join the party. And I'm pretty sure that Simon the leper invited many of his friends and family that he wanted to impress to come and meet Jesus. I find it absolutely fascinating that for all eternity, this man will have the identity of one who was a leper. Lepers were social outcasts destined to live a mundane existence as their skin, nerves, limbs and eyes are affected by the disease. And back in the day, it was considered to be highly contagious. Simon the leper is not living in some leper colony outside the city walls. He's in Bethany throwing a thanksgiving party for Jesus. We know that Jesus was reclining at the table after the meal when a woman enters the room and starts pouring perfume over Jesus. Now I have two teenage daughters and when they get ready to go out, the smell of cheap perfume coming from the bathroom can be overwhelming at times. Yet according to the scriptures, the perfume this woman used was expensive stuff. So the whole house would have been filled with the odor of love. One can believe it was a love odor. A single woman would buy very expensive oil in alabaster jars and save them for their wedding night. The perfume signified them offering their best to their bridegroom. Remember, these were the days long before hot showers and teeth whiteners. And I imagine as she poured the oil onto Jesus' head, it looking like the description in Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the Jew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. I remember when I was anointed with oil 15 years ago, and how humble I felt as people put their hands on me and prayed over me. It felt like the best was yet to come. 
And I can't help but ponder, as this woman poured the perfume over Jesus, her heart overflowing with gratitude as she bestows this precious and extravagant sign of officially declaring Jesus as kingly and priestly status for all to see. If she thought the best of Jesus was yet to come. No wonder some of those present started muttering and moaning about what a waste of money this was, and then harshly reprimanding her. Jesus is the honored guest, but he's not being honored by the guests. I'm going to say this again. Jesus is the honored guest, but he's not being honored by the guests. They've come expecting something from Jesus, maybe some healing, maybe some teaching, maybe some free wine, who knows. Now this woman comes and interrupts them with this act of worship. They cannot scold her for coming into Jesus' presence. They learned that lesson when they try to chase the children away. So they scold her for not taking care of the poor. It's almost as if there's a scarcity in their own lives, causing them to want to hoard, control, and manage everything. And what's really interesting is that immediately after this anointing, Judas, still clearly very annoyed, does what he can do to prepare Jesus for his burial. Oh, but Jesus sees the beauty of our actions. What she has done is a beautiful thing. He sees what she did. He sees that she did what she could. Her love for Jesus motivates her to give something precious to the Lord. Yes, it was costly, but it was an act of glorifying God. And Jesus not only sees this, he acknowledges the poor and her doing what she could to prepare him for his burial. Whenever you see or hear the words, I tell you the truth, pay attention. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus said she would be remembered, and she is. Discipleship is a beautiful thing too. It is costly because of its precious fragrance. Whenever we offer up what is precious to the Lord as an act of pure worship, we too will have Jesus acknowledge our gifts of faith. The gesture of donating items for the needy, raking in elderly labors, leaves, visiting those in hospital or in prison, praying for others, loving our neighbor, or treating everyone with respect, when done as an act of love and gratitude for all that God has done and is doing, Jesus sees it as a beautiful thing. And because you are loved by Jesus, loved in an unchanging, everlasting love, you are precious, a person of value to Christ. And as we wait for Jesus' return, we too have hope that the best is yet to come. Friends, what is your picture of Jesus? Have you been healed and restored, grateful for what Jesus has done for you, so you throw a party to celebrate? Do you come to Jesus to offer up what is precious as an act of worship to glorify God? What truth 
is Jesus speaking to you today? Friends, it's my prayer that like the jar which was broken open so that the perfume could be released, our hearts will be broken open to produce a beautiful fragrance for the Lord. Shall we pray?